Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. You ever had one of them days? You ever had just one of those days that you wake up and you just kind of get out of bed and you walk to the coffee maker and you think, Oh my gosh, this may be one of those days. I had one of those days yesterday. The, the very first thing that happened is I woke up and I had a sore butt. And uh, I've been remodeling the kitchen for my wife. If you'd like to see a picture of my handiwork, I'll show you something out of Better Homes and Gardens, not the actual picture. Uh, no, but I, I put in a, a new hardwood floor and getting up and down, up and down. I woke up and my butt was so sore, I tried to get Christy to rub it and she said, no way. She would not do it for anything. So I'm going to have to preach to her. We're going to have a deal on taking care of your husband. No, not really. But I, I did. I, I woke up and boy, my butt was sore. I didn't even, you know, I can ride a horse for 30 days in a row and not be half as sore as putting in a hardwood floor. I need to go back to cowboy and it's a lot easier. And uh, so, but I had to have Griffin to the bus at seven o'clock because he had a tournament in Byers. And so anyway, I got Griffin to the bus at seven and then I came back home, and we had to be over there in Byers at 9. We got there about 9.40, missed, you know, most of the game. And then, being the, the giving person I am, for the rest of the tournament, I had to do the books. Has anybody ever done books for a basketball game? Oh, my gosh. Okay, now I need to identify who that was, because I'm going to take you to the games with me. Because you should see me doing the books. <laughs> it's like putting a, you know, putting a cowboy on a bulldozer and says, do something with it. We get a lot of stuff moved, and I do a lot of stuff, and it just looks like a wrecking ball went through those books. Those kids come in, you got to check them in and keep track of fouls, and I am way too ADD to concentrate on anything that long because I'm yelling at Griffin and, hey, you're doing good, good shot. Who made that? And the score... The scoreboard keeper just hated my guts. So anyway, but we had a good time. But this is just, you know, I woke up and I'm sore and I, I can't hardly move. And then we're late to the game. And then the rest of the tournament, I have to uh, keep books. And, and that's just, that's a wreck in itself. And, and then I got home. And if I didn't think that my day was going bad to begin with, it was fixing to get a lot worse. I got home and I have two pet peeves, okay? This is really personal and I, you know, I, I'm not making excuses for it. I hate this about myself, but I literally, I have two really, really big pet peeves. And number one is something that spills. I just get like, I don't know what it is about me, but I just fly off the handle when either I spill something or somebody else spills something. I've got to where I can kind of keep it a little bit in check if there's, you know, people around, you know, but I do. It just makes, I mean, nothing makes me more mad than something that's spilled because you're going to have to clean it up. Right? I mean, you can't just leave it there. I've tried. It causes a lot more problems later on. And, and I hate stuff that is spilled. And the second thing that I hate, I hate sticky things. Okay? You want to drive me insane? 
get something sticky on my hands. I'm like a cat with duct tape on. I just walk around like, uh, uh, I freak out. I, I, I hate sticky things. Now, like I said, we've been remodeling the kitchen. So everything in the kitchen now lives in the living room, piled up this high. And the maple syrup bottle that's this big got mad at me and decided to vacate its premises. And so I walk in, and underneath all of the kitchen stuff that is setting everywhere is about 12 gallons of maple syrup on hardwood floors, running in under our antique radio, underneath the plants, underneath the... It's everywhere, and I am mad. Okay, I am just... Ah, just so mad. And so I'm getting stuff and Griffin's helping me and, and I'm kind of keeping it under control, but it's just kind of like, you know when you redline? I've redlined, okay? I am redlined. And so I grab this package and I take it over there because we got given a wood-burning stove and the wood-burning stove lives right in the middle of the living room also. So I couldn't really get to the kitchen, so I'm handing everything to Griffin, and he hasn't made it back. And I'm holding this sack of stuff that has maple syrup, and it's thick, so it doesn't really run that fast. So I'm doing like this to keep it from dripping. Come on, Griffin. Come on, Griffin. Come on, Griffin. Come on, Griffin. And Griffin doesn't come on. Not, not that he's not doing anything wrong. He's just trying to find a place to sit this stuff that I'm handing him, and he's having to wipe stuff down. And I shouldn't have picked up the dang thing in the first place. But anyway, I'm standing there holding it, and I turn it far enough that now it runs down my arm. And the preacher loses it. Slam it down. I said a bad word, and I stomped off. Preachers have those days also. And I went and I sat on the throne. I didn't do anything on the throne. I just sat there. <laughs> you ever just sat somewhere and you're just mad? I'm just mad at the world. I was going to break stuff, but that bathroom so tore up because we remodeled it too that there was really nothing to tear up. It was already broke. So I just, I just sat there. You ever just marinated in your own self-defeat? Just like, oh. I went from feeling sorry for myself to I tried to blame somebody. Give me somebody to blame, but there really wasn't anybody to blame for anything. I was just having one of those days. So I spent about 10 minutes in the bathroom stewing and marinating in my own whatever it is. So finally I got up, I went back in, and I, my wife, God bless her, she was so, so patient. She's like, you okay? Because she could have got mad because I got mad. Because isn't that usually how it works? One person gets mad and then the other person's like, well, why are you so mad? And now it's just like Tom and Jerry, right? But she didn't. She's like, you okay? She gave me a hug. I got to tell her about my pet peeves, about sticky stuff, especially spilled sticky stuff. And it got on my hands. <laughs> you ever seen something so just like, how stupid is that, right? But it, that's me, right? And so we get everything cleaned up. We got everything transferred back. Christy's cleaning and throwing stuff away because we're like doing this new minimalist thing and we're throwing everything away. 
I had to go get Griffin out of the dumpster like twice. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, he likes to play in there. No, not really. I'm joking. Uh, and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done getting mad. I'm done throwing a fit. I'm done acting like a baby. Everything's going to be just fine. Bring! My daughter calls. Hi, honey. You ever tried to fake it when you're still really mad, but you're trying not to be? And you're like, hi, honey. She's like, can you come get me? I'm like, oh, great. She's in jail. <laughs> I was like, where are you? She said, I'm at Casey Jones Pavilion. My, my four-wheel drive won't work, and I'm sliding everywhere, and I'm mad. Come get me. She gets it honestly, right? So I was like, okay, something's not right. I'll just go get her, right? So me and Christy, we get in the Durango, and we start going along, and I'm like, it's not that bad. And so I'm driving along, and right as I top the hill, fixing to go down to Elizabeth to the Casey Jones Pavilion, all of a sudden everybody slams on their brakes because there's a car sideways in the road, and I'm hitting the brakes, and nothing is happening. Now, I start hitting the brakes a long time, and I wasn't going but like 40 miles an hour, but we're not stopping. We're not stopping. We're really not stopping, and that black Tahoe that was ahead of us was, I'm sure, going, uh-oh, uh-oh, because, I mean, here I come. Just, I mean, I've got them to the floor in those analog brakes. You know, they're like, oh, you're sliding, so we're not going to stop you. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to run into this person, so I'll just aim for the bar ditch. And so I thought if I got over there on some grass, even though you couldn't see the grass, it maybe it'd help stop. And sure enough, with about 18 inches to spare, I don't kill that person. Well, they get the car out of the way because it's a little front-wheel drive car, and I can see my daughter, and I'm on the side of the road, and everybody starts going, and I start going, and I guess the road had a little lip on it. Now I can't get back up. So I'm like, Rah! and by this time, oh no, there ain't nothing taking it easy. I pedal to the metal, baby. Why? I'm sideways in the Durango. And I'm like, I'm going to crash or get out of here. I'm not giving up. And I finally get up there and get over there. And I was like, getting Riley's. And I'm like, trying to get the four-wheel drive in. It's not working at all. It sounds like me in the morning, just something's broke. So anyway, I just parked her Jeep, got back in, and we went home. Needless to say, whenever I was studying for this message, I figured out real quick yesterday that somewhere I had taken a wrong turn. I got on the wrong trail. I lost my temper, and that should be enough, shouldn't it? But I didn't. I, I felt sorry for myself. I had a big old, not a birthday celebration, I had a big old pity party with my three best friends, me, myself, and I. And we just sat around and had a big old pity party. I wanted to blame other people for the way I was feeling because, you know, we want to share our misery. And I had lost hope. And all day long, I was thinking, what else is going to happen? What else is going to happen? You ever had one of those days? Do you find yourself on the wrong trail? I mean, does it just seem like no matter what you do, stuff, it, you, you're just like, can I really go on? Is that how you feel? Maybe you felt like that in the near past, and I guarantee you'll probably feel about something in the future. You ever wish your life were different? You ever, you carry around a lot of shame, guilt, self-esteem issues? 
Is things just going wrong? Have you taken somewhere along your line? Does it just seem like you took a left instead of a right? Kind of like the old Bugs Bunny cartoon. I'm going to give away my age now. I should have turned, taken a left turn at Albuquerque. Is that how you, some of y'all feel? I know it is how I do. You ever think that the weight of the world is on your shoulders? Are some of you, like me, are you just weary? Maybe nothing's wrong. You're just tired. It's just like, man, no matter what I do, it just doesn't turn out like I thought it would or, or whatever the case may be. Well, all of us have felt like that at some point in our lives. And I love the fact that God is always giving us an opportunity to draw us near to Him. All the time. I call it the reckoning. Last week we talked about how we can choose to do things our way or we can choose to do things God's way. Our way is just a big old circle that just the same things keep happening over and over and over and over. But God's ways are not like we would naturally do things. God's ways are different, and we talked about that. Well, this week, I want to talk to you about what happens if you do know that you've been doing things your way. You do know that you've been doing things that are not God's ways. How do you get back on track, and why? Do you need to get back on track? And I love the fact that God is constantly giving us that opportunity to come close to Him. And in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29, Jesus Christ Himself says these words. He says, come to me. You notice He doesn't say, come to church. You notice He doesn't say, come to a Bible study. You notice that he doesn't say, come to whatever, fill in the blank. He says, come to me. That's Jesus himself. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Hey, pardon me for just a second. We're fixing to hit the back side of this pasture, so it's time to step off and cinch them up. While we're down here, I want to see if you can help us out. We really do need a hand in this ministry, and the fact that you're listening right now means that you're riding with us. All you have to do is text SAVE THE COWBOY, all one word, to 77977, and you can help us out in less time than it would take to pull your rope down. Again, text SAVE THE COWBOY, all one word, to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. Thanks for the hand, pards. Now, that, you notice he doesn't say that I'm going to give you rest, that you're not going to have to do anything anymore. He, he doesn't say you, you get to quit your job and just sit on the couch and, and eat hot Cheetos, and although Griffin would love that. But, um, you know, he, he just says, I will give you rest for your souls because that's what we need. We don't need necessarily a day off from work because most of us, when we do take time away from work, we go back and we need a rest from our rest because we're worn out. Jesus says, man, if you're weary and heavy laden and you just feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, you have taken the wrong path because that is not the path of a Christian. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you 
Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, you will find rest for your souls. See, when you're on that wrong trail, and, and, and maybe, maybe you know, it, it seems like the road is never straight. There, there's a fork. Every, every three steps, there's a fork in the road. So, you know, just because you say, oh, I believe in Jesus and He's my Lord and Savior, I'm never going to have any problems again. That's not it. Because we'll be going along and sometimes we will go left. Ask my son. I can go left whether I want to or not. And I don't want to. But the, the road to where God wants us is always right there. Because no matter what, when we reach a situation in our lives, we have the opportunity to come to Him right then. Why should you do that? Jesus says, come to me. Now, anyone can spot a problem, but Jesus tells us to come to the solution. You know, the, the self-help industry is a billion-dollar industry where you can read book after book after book after book. And, and I used to read self-help books, and I used to read these leadership Books, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with them, but you know what? They all made me feel inferior because these, you know, I've, I've read these big church leadership books, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do that, and I realize right quick that ain't me. And God keeps saying, why do you, you're, you're, a, you're a round peg, why do you keep trying to get in that square hole over there? I, I made you who you are, and I'm not saying that we can't learn and grow from things, but the self-help industry is a billion-dollar industry where you can get tips of how other people have turned their lives around, but really all you're doing is putting money in their pocket to hear their tips that ain't going to get you anywhere. Because Jesus says that if you're weary, if you're having problems, if you, maybe there's nothing wrong in your life, you just feel empty inside, that maybe you were meant for something more. He says, come to me. He doesn't say go to Amazon.com and buy a self-help book. He says, come to me. Jesus also said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. Everything that you have been searching for, all of the alcohol that you've drank, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with alcohol. I'll have a beer with you. I don't, and if that makes you mad, I don't care. I'll have a beer with you. I like to go dancing. I like all of that stuff. But when you're trying to find your identity in all of that stuff, and you wake up with that hangover the next morning, that stuff is never going to make you happy. All of the stuff that you're doing wrong, where you're doing your way, none of that is going to satisfy you. I don't care how big of a horse trailer you have. I don't care what kind of new pickups you have. All of those things will fade away, but Jesus won't. He says, come to me. In another verse, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through the Son. Everything that you've been longing for is available in Jesus. And he's the only place that you'll get it. In another verse, Jesus was, was telling people about being a Christian. And they said, man, this is hard teaching. And they left. And Jesus turned to his 12 disciples and said, well, are y'all going to leave me too? A lot of people say, you know what? I, you know, you, you give the answer right there. But people are like, no, I'm going to do it my own way. I, I, I don't believe that. You know what? It doesn't matter what you believe. It's the truth. Ask somebody that's done it and they'll tell you. Give up your way and follow God's way. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Then he says, take my yoke upon you. Now, now a yoke isn't... that. 
It's not Y-O-L-K, that, that, that yellow stuff in the middle of an egg. That's not the yolk. This yolk is something that you put on a beast of burden like an ox or an oxen. I don't know what the difference between an ox and an oxen is. But, uh, you know, it, it's this wooden thing that goes on them that they pull the carts with. Jesus says, put mine upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and, I will, and you will find rest for your souls. The yoke is left on the beasts of burden until the job is done. But you know what Jesus' last words were? It is finished. It is finished. See, Jesus accomplished for all of us what we couldn't do on our own. So when he says, take my yoke upon you, he says, I've already done everything that you need to do. I've already done it for you. So to take Jesus' yoke upon you is to be finished. No longer do you have to worry. Isn't that what Jesus says? Why do you worry? You don't have to worry. I will provide for you. I will give you everything that you need. Why are you worried? Wouldn't it be nice? And a lot of you are like, well, I'm already a Christian. I've already come to Jesus. Oh, yeah, then why do you have worries? Because you're human. Because we always, we naturally go to the left side of every tree. I was driving along with Ralph one day, and I was telling y'all about Ralph last week. And we were riding along, and he always used things to teach me an illustration of, of cowboy and stuff. And he said, we're riding off from this windmill. And he goes, hey, i got a question for you. I said, okay, go. He said, where's that? Could you point at that windmill without turning around? I said, well, yeah. He goes, do it. And I said, it's right behind us. He said, take a look. And I turned around, and it was over here. And I was like, well, that's strange. And he said, because you have to understand that, you know, we're out here and it's heavy brush and everything, but when you get in the mountains and you can't see the sun and it's hard to know uh, which direction you're going, you have to understand that a lot of times people will go to one side of a tree or another. They'll go to the left this time. They'll go to the left this time. They'll go to the left this time. Every time you come to a fork in the road, you'll go left, and suddenly you turn around and you're not going in a straight line. You're going in a big circle. That's why you're worried, is because you have thought that you're riding that narrow trail, you're going along, but every once in a while, and you don't even think about it, you come to this tree in the road, and you go left, which isn't that big of a deal, but the next one you come to, you go left, and then you go left, and then you go left, and now you don't even know where you are anymore. But Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, the finished work of God. You don't have to worry. You also don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fear if you're good enough. Jesus was good enough for us. He's the only one that could be good enough. You don't have to worry about what you've done in the past. You don't have to carry around a lot of shame and guilt and condemnation. You don't have to succeed because He succeeded for you. Why are we so consumed with getting ahead in life uh, that somebody will think that we are something? You don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to struggle with that. You don't, have to be guilt. you don't have to feel guilty because your trial is over. Your trial is over. How many of us go through life worried about what other people say or think? Now, we'd like to say, oh, I don't care what nobody thinks. Yes, you do, because you're human. Because you've taken that left when you came up to that choice. You've taken that left. But you know what? We don't have to feel shameful about the things that we've done. We don't have to listen to the bad things that people say about us. We don't have to listen to the good things people say about us. Because why? Because in the courtroom for our life, Jesus took our punishment. And when he took our punishment, he said, you have been found not guilty. Quit living in the courtroom of public opinion. You can walk out of that courtroom and go live your life. That brings us to when he says, 
Let me teach you because I am humble. See, humble people don't need other people to make them feel better about themselves. Social media is just, it's act, I mean, it's just a raging wildfire. It can be used for good stuff, like when we share the gospel and stuff like that. But anymore, people judge who they are based on how many people like their post or share their post or comment on their post or how many fans or followers that they have. And you know what? And, and if you're one of these that says, oh, I don't do social media, but you do the same thing. You worry about what other people think. You worry about what other people say. But Jesus says, let me teach you because I am humble. And humble people don't need other people to make them feel better about themselves. Humble people don't get down and depressed about criticism. Because you know what? I used to do both of these things. When a person would come to me with a criticism about the way I do Save the Cowboy, I would act all tough and it would ruin my day. Sometimes it would ruin several, several days. When people get mad and they don't come here anymore, it hurts my feelings. I get down about it. People intentionally hurt me by not coming or they'll say things to intentionally hurt me and it does hurt me. But I'm trying to get over that and I'm not trying to get over that by not caring what people think. I'm trying to understand that that's what humility is. Because you see, our ego, every single one of us have an ego. Your feelings do not get hurt. Your ego gets hurt. And the bigger the ego you have, the easier you are angered. You get mad at the least little thing because, see, your ego demands something to fill it up. But no matter what we put in there, it just rattles around. And anytime you have something that's inflated, an inflated ego, you are always worried about yourself. And I would be... And I'll talk more about this on another time on another sermon that I'm getting ready. It doesn't matter if you have a high self-esteem or a low self-esteem. It is still self. And that is ego. So people with low self-esteem, they have a huge ego too. They're always thinking about themselves. Poor pitiful me. And I've been there on that end. But the people that brag a lot, that look at me, that get mad easy, that think that they're right all the time, they've got an overinflated ego. And no matter what you put in that ego, it just rattles around inside and just bangs against walls. And isn't it funny that the bigger the balloon and the tighter it's stretched, that any little thing that come along and any little old prick can pop it. Let those with ears hear. See, it's our ego. But Jesus says, let me teach you because I am humble. That is the only key out of this is to learn humility, is to follow Jesus and learn to do it. He didn't get mad. The people that nailed him to the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do because he didn't take his self-worth and his identity wasn't in what other people thought about him, whether it be good or bad. His identity was in his Father. And our identity needs to be in our relationship with Jesus. And he says, I'm going to teach you how to do it. I'm going to teach you how to be humble. No longer do you have to worry you don't have to worry about if you're good enough. You don't have to be scared anymore. You don't have to worry about succeeding in this life. You don't have to feel guilty about the things that you've done in your past. You don't, no longer are you going to be a slave to your addictions. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. Jesus is a gentle teacher. He will allow you to do it your own way for as long as you decide to make it hard on yourself. 
then you can do it the right way, his way. It's amazing that whenever we come walking in here, we're always the first ones here. And our guys and gals that come in and help you would be surprised at how many times I look at them and I say, how's your morning? And they go, oh, because that's the way it is. I had one of those this morning also. One of those, oh, it's easy to get mad about things. But think about how gentle a tea. How many times has God let you do it your own way? He always says, okay, do it your way. Come back to me whenever you figure out that's the wrong way. He's a gentle teacher, and you will find rest for your souls. You know why your soul is restless? Because your life has been about what you can do, about how you feel, about what you have succeeded at. Your life has been a comparison to other people. Well, they have a good marriage, or they have great kids, or they do this, or they do that. Your life has been a comparison. Your life has been a struggle. Your life has been full of fear. It's been full of worry. It's been full of guilt. It's been full of shame and hopelessness. Depending on Jesus will give your soul the rest that it longs for. That doesn't mean everything's going to be easy, but your soul will rest. You're not here by accident. One, I mean, some of you are here for the first time. Some of you haven't figured out why you keep coming. And, you know, uh, you, maybe you've been here for a long time. And you keep thinking, I've heard, if you've heard one of Kevin's sermons, you've heard them all, blah, blah, blah. But you still haven't got it yet. You're still just going through the motions. I'm talking about giving up your entire life to Christ. And some of you are sitting there thinking, well, I, you know, I don't, even, I don't even know if I believe that. It doesn't matter what you believe. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain whenever you give yourself up. Did you wake up this morning with a sore butt? And I'm not talking about your wife or your husband. I'm talking about yourselves. Has it been one of those weeks? Has it been one of those lives? Has it been one of those days? And if not, there's probably one coming soon. Turn back to God and find Him through Jesus. See, God is always drawing us to it. But make no mistake about it, it's about a reckoning. God is always drawing us to Him. He's giving us the opportunity to choose Him every single day. And right now, you are at one of those trees in the forest. You can decide to go left and go your own way. Or you can do what the Bible calls repentance. And allowing yourself to come to God through His Son. And allow Him to teach us humility so that we will have rest for our souls. Quit living a life of sin and start living a life full of Jesus. Stop doing things your way, in other words. Sinning is not just the bad things that is listed in the Bible. Sin is any time you don't do something that you know you should or any time you do something that you know you shouldn't. There, there is no master list. Quit living a life of your own way and start living a life full of Jesus and what He did. Quit depending on yourselves and start depending on Jesus' finished work. He said, it is finished. That's what grace is. Everything that you want, everything you need, everything that you've longed for is available, and it's available for free. You just have to give yourself up to get it. Leave that old life behind and start a new one today. You're not hearing this by accident. Jesus is trying to draw you to His Father through Himself. He's got a message for each and every one of you. Come on. Come back. Maybe, maybe in the past couple of weeks or months you've drifted away. You don't have that fire that you used to have. Maybe you don't even know what that fire is and you're just cold inside. But you can come in. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Let's go to God in prayer. God, thank you for your son and the trail that he opened up for 
every cowpuncher, cattleman, and cowboy, and cowgirl. God, help us all in our unbelief as we turn our attention and our thoughts and our lives over to the one man that can save us and give us everything that we need to fulfill us and that's himself. And it's in his name, Jesus Christ, that we pray all these things. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us for another clinic. Before you ride off, we have a special gift for you. Save the Cowboy has a brand new app available for iPhones and Android smartphones and tablets. You never have to miss another message, and we've thrown even more stuff in. There's a Bible, our full unedited clinics, Cowboy devotionals, videos. You can even order our books or call and talk to me. That's a ton of stuff that will keep you riding right beside the Lord for years to come. Please download it by searching your app store for Save the Cowboy, and don't forget to lend us a hand if God has blessed you and you like what we're doing. Just text Save the Cowboy to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. For Save the Cowboy, I'm Kevin Weatherby. Stay out of the wire.